morning and good Erev Shabbat Shalom to everyone. You are listening to Table for Two with Naomi Nachman on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm so excited to be back in the hot seat after a couple of weeks break. You know, I think the wrapping up of season one over the Chagim and Sukkot was amazing. Our last show was with Jay Booksbaum, all about amazing wines that we had um, over Sukkot. So thank you uh, to Kedem and to Jay Booksbaum for coming in. Um, yeah, Ram is giving it a clap. We had a great show. We almost rolled out of here. <laughs> um, but we are now in season two. So we're really excited of the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, so we've got a couple of great new shows uh, that have started. Um, a bunch of us are continuing. Um, we had already this week some of the new shows have included Tech Talk with Michael Fragan and by the book, of course, with our very own Nachum Siegel. Um, that show is sponsored by Corin and Listen Up with Rabbi Chaim Hagler and Sound Advice, brand new show with Dr. David Lieberman. So we've got more new shows coming up in the next, uh, probably next week even, right, Avrami? So yeah, I'm getting the nod. So uh, stay tuned. Um, if you missed any of our shows or your new listener to Table for Two on season two, um, you can catch up some of our old shows on the archives, uh, NachumSiegel.com. Uh, you can listen from the app. Uh, on your iPhone, um, and also on a podcast. We are podcasted. It's fantastic. It's really, you just go into iTunes. I Googled, I practiced, I, pr- I Googled Naomi Nachman just to see if it really was true. And there I was. I came up just like a rock star <laughs> podcast with Naomi Nachman about Table for Two and all the old shows with us. So if you want to catch up and or hear any of our amazing, amazing hosts on their amazing shows, just go to the podcast, the app, or the website. Um, so I'm Naomi Nachman. I'm about all the food all the time. I love, love, love to eat, shop for food, cook. I love to shop for food, cook it, eat at restaurants, anything food-related. I'm a kosher personal chef. My business is called the Aussie Gourmet. I also give cooking classes. I cater for people for Shabbat, for Yom Tov, Pesach, Rosh Hashanah Sukkot, any small parties, anytime you don't feel like cooking. I'm your gal. So I hope you'll tune in every week and hear about my uh, food adventures uh, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Um, and I talk about kosher food traveling and sharing of great uh, food ideas and recipes and just anything food related. But I want this to be a conversation between us. So if you have something you want to share with me, um, if you're having an event or if you're having a bake sale or if you want me to look up an ingredient or find a recipe or ask me any food related questions, I'm always happy to answer and try to help you answer them. So I can be reached at Naomi at NachumSiegel.com. You can follow me on Facebook, uh, the Aussie Gourmet, on my fan page, uh, Instagram under Naomi Nachman. And I got Twitter down. I've made seven tweets. I'm really excited about that. So, you know, still learning Pinterest. Uh, I've had a little bit of help there. Um, so I'm really excited to kick off season two with a great new show. So um, let's talk about some of my food news that I have been receiving from uh, different, you know, I, I'm signed up to Koshertopia, and yeah, that's Kosher, and of course, great Kosher restaurant magazines. But um, I took some of this information about to give you from, yeah, that's Kosher, Donnie Klein, he's been a guest right here uh, in our studio in the past. So his website's, yeah, that's Kosher, and he put up a couple of really interesting things. Ladino Grill um, and Tapas Bar now has live music on Motse Shabbos. I thought that was really nice. So if you're not sitting at home and um, listening to Avrami Saturday Seagull, uh, you, and you want to go out, um, you can go to Ladino's Tap, it's Ladino's Tapas Bar and Grill, and it's in Columbus Circle. I love their ceviche. They've got amazing Spanish 
tapas bar. Um, they have ceviche there, which is delicious. And a tapas means little appetizers. You can order all these like little appetizers. They're not crazy expensive. I love appetizers. So it's a re- it's basically a restaurant of different appetizers that you can get. So you can order like eight different things. And really, you know, you go to a restaurant, you're usually stuck with three things on the menu. But this you can order a lot from. So it's um, really exciting. And they're going to have live music, which is always great. Um, next bit of hot goss in the kosher food world, Solo. Went, who was a meat restaurant, right? Fancy meat restaurant, Midtown, um, Sony building. So they went a couple months ago, Milchik. So the latest food news is they're now going back to Fleischik, but they're going to be high-end Chinese. So I thought that was, okay, good luck. I'm sure it's going to be amazing because their food was excellent. Um, so I'm going to see what they're going to put out there that's different from any other kosher Chinese restaurant in the New York area. Also, clear my throat there. <laughs> I'm choking. It's so funny. Okay, so they have a pizza store next door, though. So that is uh, still going on. So they have amazing, real, like, Italian authentic pizza right next door in the Sony building, right next to Solo Chinese now, I guess it's called. So um, definitely check that if you're in the city um, with the kids, um, definitely, or need a place for lunch. It is definitely a delicious pizza place. A um, little high-end, so a little different than your typical J2 slice, but it's definitely worth trying. And the last bit of information I want to share with you um, is Le Charo. Do you know what a Charo is? Does anybody know what a Charo is here? I'm getting a no um, from everyone here in the studio. A Charo is a Spanish-style donut. Okay, so donut is typically a dough that you make into a circle with a hole and you fry it, right? A Charo is kind of piped through a piping bag with a star tip. Did everyone understand that with my accent? Star tip. Yeah, I think I've seen them. Okay, right. And you squeeze them. You squeeze it through a piping bag, and it becomes this long, skinny strip about four inches, and it's star-shaped. So it's not round or smooth. It's star-shaped, but it's like a log. Um, They are then dipped in sugar and cinnamon, and they Mm. are amazing. So now they have, on the Upper East Side, a kosher churros bar on 1236 Lexington Avenue. I think the Mocha Blue restaurant in – uh, Teaneck has, has churros on their menu and we love that there. Um, so now we have our very own churros bar in Manhattan. I really want to check that out. Some really interesting churros that mm. you can get. You can get, um, they come with dipping sauces. So you take your churro and you dip it in, uh, chocolate or hazelnut chocolate or milk caramel or strawberry filling and they come big and they come small and you can have a churro split or a, like a banana split, but with charro. Um, or you can have a charro sundae. So I thought that was really different. I love to look for something different, not something so typical. And I think that's something on my way up. You should feature them on the show and have them bring some stuff down, you okay. know, so we could all see what it's all about. Only when I'm here. Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, we're going to introduce Ina in one more, in one more minute. Um, but I think that's a really good idea because we have, we had our Paul Sapienza who introduced us to, uh, the cannoli and the, uh, that was a great show and, and um, all kinds of interesting um, Italian pastries. So I think we're going to have to get the uh, Spanish pastries down here. I think that'll make us all very happy. A little, a little fat up, but that's okay. Oh, last bit of information. Winter break is coming up, and um, yeah, that's kosher. Let us know through their website. They're having kosher food in Terminal Three of the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Mm. I thought that was great. We, you know, we can get a little bit of kosher food in the JetBlue Terminal at JFK. But now in Fort Lauderdale, you've landed or you're leaving early in the morning and you've had no time to stop for bagels. Once you've checked in, you can go to, I think it's called Chef Allen's To Go Restaurant in Terminal 3 of the Fort Lauderdale Airport. I thought that was really exciting. It's great when you can find kosher food everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So a uh, big shout out to them and thank you 
So much for providing us all with uh, food all the time, everywhere we go. We're getting there. We are spreading our wings out everywhere. The kosher industry really has grown. Um, we're going to talk next week to Menachem Lebinski. He's the head of Kosher Fest because Kosher Fest is coming up. So he's going to be our guest next week, and we're going to talk about the 25th anniversary of Kosher Fest. I must have been to about 13 of them. So, yeah, I'm always looking forward to something new and to talk about food all the time as we do. Uh, food adventures in the last month. Basically, I was in my kitchen the whole month cooking, 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 cooking. Um, made a lot of challah. Got a lot of challah orders from people. I thought that was really nice. Um, people, you know, I always take that a compliment when somebody likes your challah. Um, so I baked a lot of challah, but this week I have rising as we speak. Rainbow challah. Uh, did you see that on my Facebook page? I saw the pictures. Eight dollars a challah. They're large. I don't think, oh my God, she's so expensive. I can buy it in Gourmet Club for five dollars. Number one, you can't get them as pretty as he's coloured. It's a lot of work, but they're they're very large. They look cool. They look. They taste just the same as a regular challah, but it's rainbow coloured. So Parshat Noach, rainbow. My mum said to me, "Why do you colour the challahs?" Go, mum, rainbow Parshat Noach. She's like, "Oh yeah." So yeah. So we've got really cool rainbow challah. We sold about fourteen of them. So that will take up most of my afternoon when I get home. Thank God Shabbos has not uh, gone any earlier. Um, it's not the winter months, so we can get them all cooked up. So, yeah, that's been a, li- a lot of fun. Um, I tried a lot of new cookbooks. We'll talk about them later on in the show. Ate amazing foods, drank amazing wines, and now my skirt is too tight. What am I going to do? So I thought, who better to have on a guest this week is Ina Coppell. Ina is a dynamic personality. She has a studio in the five towns in Woodmere. It's a fitness studio. She has a devoted group of followers, uh, including myself. I took some classes there right before Yontif, and I, I couldn't walk for a few days. <laughs> Everyone was making fun of me, like no pain, no gain, all that kind of stuff. So I took a little break because I couldn't not walk up and down the stairs, run up and down the stairs uh, while I'm cooking for Yontif. So uh, I took a little break, but I will, and then I had my cold. I had a bit of a cold over Yontif. I said, I, I wrote on Facebook, I have been silenced because I literally had no voice. And I, you know, with all the N's and M's in my name, I sounded terrible with, I was very nasally. So I guess it was good. I was on hiatus from the show. But, um, you know, I'm going to be going back to the studio and looking forward to an amazing workout with the ladies there. Everyone's so friendly and everyone's like, oh, hi, welcome. You know, all the other ladies in the class. So it was, it's really nice. It's a nice atmosphere when I come into the studio. So I want to welcome, I dragged her out <laughs> on a Friday morning. So uh, thank you, Ina Capel, for joining pleasure. us. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here, Naomi. Thank you for having me. You know, we drove in together. And we, we, Ina has so much to teach us, you know, teach our minds, teach our bodies, teach our souls. She's a wise, wise lady. We're about the same age, and I feel like she's she's so much wiser oh, than me. <laughs> thanks. I don't know about that. So Very we're going to share with some of our listeners all about the latest trends in food, trends in fitness, and mm-hmm. how we're tying them together, because we're not tying them together right now. I find mm-hmm. that, you know, you had said to me a lot of people um, are just dieting too much, and they're exercising, not fueling their bodies. Let's try to train them. So... This is a perfect opportunity to. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, you know, my biggest concern about the word diet is that people use it as a way of restricting themselves from nutrition, and um, it affects their exercise. And people who aren't exercising use it uh, for restriction to lose weight. And uh, diet should really be something that we nourish uh, the body with. It should be something that sustains us through our day and not just through our exercise and also feeds our mind. Um, I wish that people 
didn't use the word diet and instead they thought about refueling the body or eating to prepare themselves for their day, uh, giving themselves more energy, proper nutrition to recover from exercise, to prepare for exercise, or just if you're a busy mom and you're running around with the kids all day, you got to remember it's not that you didn't exercise. You used a lot of calories. Um, you're working very hard. And even if you have a full day at work, you're on your feet all day, you're moving around, you're brain is burning calories, your organs are working, your skin, your your body's a living machine and you really need to feed it proper fuel and look at food that way. Okay, so can you give us some examples of the best way that we can do that? So when I think about if you're a person who exercises, because from our perspective, you know, we consider the person who comes to the gym either in the morning or light or night as a person that might need two different kinds of nutrition. So if you're a busy person in the morning and you haven't had time to eat, you know, we'll give you advice on what's proper to grab before a workout. We're not going to be unrealistic with you. We know you're busy in the morning. If right. What is proper food for a workout? Like, I'm terrible. I'm the biggest offender of this rule. Mm-hmm. I don't eat breakfast. I have a cup right. of coffee. That's right. the worst, right? right? Well, it's not the worst. At least you're getting something in your cup of coffee. Like, and some... It's a lot of milk. I have like at least a cup and of coffee. And some sugar probably. No. Well, yeah, they, too much milk. I, I find right. like the milk kind of counts. So you're right. running on adrenaline, basically. So yeah, that's probably a bad idea. <laughs> but um, you know, even if you grab a banana, you're already ahead of the game. Um, a power bar. We like to see people put their carbs um, around their workouts or around their activity for the day. So you know, your busiest time of your day. That's when you want to give yourself energy. It's not that we're looking from the perspective of per- burning off. Carbs, we're looking at the perspective of using carbs for energy. So when do I need to be my most energetic during the day? And that's where I eat my carbs. So you'll want to grab something with a carb in it. And then if you're doing something where you're using more muscle mass, then afterwards you'll want to refuel with carbs and protein. And it's really a matter of feeding energy systems more than it is about burning off. It's how can we feed the body to keep going. Okay, I'm I'm loving what I'm hearing. So like before I go to fit to the core, I should have Mm -hmm. a bowl of cereal. You can have it depends on the bowl of cereal. We're looking right. for you to have some yeah, whole grains. Yeah, what are we grains. looking for? What are we looking for when we read? You know, you go to you go to Target because that's the best place to buy cereal. Oh, I didn't know that. Very very economically priced. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cheap. Okay. I'm trying to say it's cheap. Um, Target's the best place for cereal, and I go. I literally buy 15 boxes. I take my kids with me, mm-hmm. and we check out all the different cereals. But what should I be looking for? So I'm looking for something like the Cheerios brand with some whole grain and some fiber in it. And, Cheerios, uh, really? Cheerios is really one of the best cereals out there because it has what? a limited yeah. amount of sugar. Really? Um, you're not looking for a huge spike of sugars. And then crumb, you know, having to crash from it. We're looking to put some bananas into the Cheerios, have some nice whole milk. So, yeah, whole oh. milk. <laughs> we were just talking about in the car. Touchy on the way subject. Here. Yeah, I drank whole milk till I was 29. Yes. I love whole milk. Right. Whole and milk. that's why you have so much energy and you're lovely. It's right. Because you had the whole milk. When I was young. And now I'm not, I'm still young. I'm just not as young as 29, but I, I still drink tons and tons of milk. It's and, our go-to drink at home. Yeah, and it's very smart because it gives you really the base of, of your calcium. Uh, in your growing years. And the the reason that people have gone away from whole milk is because in general their diets are unhealthy or they're not that active. So they're looking to limit calories in the wrong places and they're taking away calcium from themselves and the fats that we really do need that are healthy fats. And actually there's a lot of uh, carbs and protein in milk and it's really good for you to drink whole milk. But if the rest of your diet is junky, then obviously you're looking to cut around that. But right. that being said, so I'm looking for like a banana and some Cheerios. What about, what about a hard-boiled egg? Hardwell is great, but you're going to need some carbs you before you work car- out. You need because some carbs with that. It so feeds really your energy. You know that protein that says as much as protein as an egg? 
What's that cereal called? Kashi? Is it Kashi? Kashi. Uh-huh. Kashi is a great cereal. I mean, look, I'm looking for someone to have, you know, it's not realistic for most busy people to have an egg and a piece of toast in the morning, but that's an ideal breakfast because you're getting the right amount of nutrients. But if you're busy and you're on the go, you get a cup of coffee and a banana, it's going to tie you over for a little bit, but you're probably going to crash in the middle of your workout. A power bar is good yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I think that's what happened to me. That's usually right, yes. And you hadn't worked out in a while, and so yeah. you're, when you yo-yo your workouts, your body can adapt to it, and then you kind of have a difficult experience recovering from it. So we're looking to keep the energy high, and then we're looking to recover the body um, by having the carbon protein again afterwards, a certain amount according to your body mass, and you know that would have to be calculated for you. But you're looking to refuel, you're looking to support the body while we're straining all of the you know cardiovascular system and the muscle and the bone, and it's a lot of work for the body. You want to prepare it properly, the same way you would advise your child. I wish adults would give themselves the same advice they give their children. Right. You would never send your kid out to school with just a cup of coffee, and we are. <laughs> Yes, my teenage daughters. No right. running out the door to college on just a cup of coffee. Actually, my oldest daughter, when she runs out, to, she actually started with making herself a protein milkshake. Smart, smart girl. Yes, and that's the best for them. And really what we want to see is for children to leave the house with, even if they're in a rush and they put something in a cup, they're throwing in some cereal that they consider fresh fruits and vegetables to them. They're getting some kind of carb. I'm more concerned about their carb than I am their protein, and we've cut those out of the diet. Right. I, and, I miss carbs. Yeah, it's not bad. Carbs aren't bad. Foolish information on diet is bad. You know, I love I love Ina because, you know, she wants you to work out. She wants you to eat right. But she's saying don't leave out entire food groups. Right. She always tells me, I don't diet. And she looks amazing. She she definitely clearly works out. But we're not leaving out, you know, entire food groups. You know, God designed us to eat. Yes. You know, what what did the pyramid look like? Bounty. You know, the, 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 um, the pyramid from high school that we used to – carbs at the bottom, then protein, and but then fat. But they've changed the pyramid now. It's is, a whole new pyramid. Is it a new pyramid? Yeah, and it really has to depend on your energy level. And the bottom line is that we, we think that children – need more than us in terms of nutrition and health. But the truth is our cells are breaking down. We're aging. We need more support than our children do, nutritionally speaking. We should be more health conscious in terms of getting more in, but just utilizing it appropriately and balancing through the day. Yeah, I feel like my brain is melting. Like, you know, I had such a great memory once upon a time, and I remembered everything. And, you know, as you, you know, get past, you know, past 35 and then, you know, now I'm 40 something. <clears throat> um, yeah. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, it's not as sharp as it was. And I think that maybe, you know, more exercise helps sustain the brain. Like, the brain is a muscle that needs to be flexed, right? Yeah, it, I, I, I read that somewhere. That's that's a really great quote. But um, what you're looking to do is increase the circulation to the brain, the blood flow, the oxygen, and you're going to get that from pumping the muscles in the heart. Um, I think it's really important for people to, in your in your case, the reason that you're forgetting things is because you're a busy woman. Right. But it is true that when our children don't have enough nutrients in school and not enough carbs, they run out of energy, they run out of their attention span. And for busy people like you and I, it's really important for us to feel like we're really on our game, you know, and that we consider we have to remember, oh, we're kind of tired. We should get a good night's sleep. We should have a decent breakfast so that we're running for the next four or five hours. I want to stay sharp. Part of the memory process is really having enough fuel. If you don't have enough fuel and you don't have the right amount of sugars, you'll get fatigued, and from that will come some of that memory loss. So, like my husband, for instance, God bless you, Tzvi Nachman. He like he he you know he's he's a foodie like me, but you know thank God he'll eat anything that you put in front of him. Great. I can make a low key dinner and he's thrilled. I can make a fancy dinner. He's thrilled. He's just happy he doesn't have to cook. Mm-hmm. But like he likes to snack all day, mm-hmm. right? Like how much snacks? What should these snacks be like? 
Well, he'll, I'll eat dinner and then not eat anything afterwards. He'll want a snack afterwards at the end of the day. He's already had three snacks during the day. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're fruits. They're, they're not, they're not, or popcorn. They're so, not, they're not, um, these fattening. He's not even a packet of chips. There you go. I think so if his. What, what are these snacks? What are the, like, there's two different types of, you know, they say, uh, pe- like people on who, I don't want to call it diet, but, um, you know, like I eat th- like two or maybe three meals a day. Right, but nothing in between. What mm-hmm. about the person who needs to eat six meals a day? I think your husband needs to consider the fact that um, he's not satiated, and the body needs is sending a signal. The brain is sending a signal to you that we're still hungry, we still need something we're getting, not getting. And those healthy fruits and vegetables are lovely through the day, but sometimes you need some peanut butter with it or some hummus. You need a little something extra That's with a it. Great idea, hummus. Yeah. I'm going to put on my website a great hummus recipe. Yeah. It's all natural. My friend Pam Maritz, she lives in Israel now in Hashmonaim. Um, she used to live out here, and she was also very health conscious. She was the first person to tell me, and I thought <laughs> she was nuts, that you cannot cook with margarine or Crisco. And I thought, what are you talking about, woman? <laughs> now I never, ever, ever use margarine. Right. For sure not Crisco. Yeah. I, I, I think I found on the top, top ch- shelf – for us cleaning for Pesach at the right. very back, I must have missed it all these years. One bar of Crisco. Yeah, I'm not really sure why we use so much of it. I I really don't you use much use, of it. I'm can, so confused. You can use a little oil <laughs> yes. instead of the margarine. Olive oil is, Olive is the go-to, oil, right? Or a little canola. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I thought she was crazy when she said it, and now, like, I would never even dream about it. Um, using using um, you know, it's not necessary ma- margarine. So. Right. It's not the enemy, but it's not necessary. And sometimes I understand you have to include it in something you're cooking. But um, it sometimes becomes a lazy tool for people and becomes a go-to lazy kind of yeah. ingredient. And but you can I, it's not it. even tasty. I've it's wiped not, it out. I've literally wiped yeah. it out of We never recipe. use it. Yeah, I don't have it in my house. Once in a while, like you need a buttercream, a power of a yeah. buttercream frosting, I need margarine. But otherwise, that's the only time I ever order. I'm it. with you. And I'm, I'm, it's kind of good that it's a dead food because it doesn't spoil because it's in the back of my fridge somewhere. And when I need it once a year or whatever it is, keep it in the freezer. it's fine. Yeah. Keep it in the freezer. But yeah. I, I read a study once, a report actually, and they, some, some chefs left out some margarine and some butter. Mm-hmm. Outdoors and the flies only went to the butter oh, because wow. margarine's not considered alive. It's bad news for us. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we only want to eat, put healthy things in our body. So so uh, I would recommend that he includes something else with his fruits and vegetables. It's not giving him enough nutrition, and then he's still really hungry afterwards. So so frequent meals have to be complex meals. They shouldn't always be meals that just are you know water based. Right. Like veggies. So I, I was talking about Pam. So Pam gave me this hummus recipe. So I'm going to put Pam's hummus Great. recipe. So maybe Wonderful. some carrots and some homemade hummus. Hummus is really easy to they make. They make those little packets. Right. You can buy Sabra, them at right? Costco, mm-hmm. Sabra, little Sabra packets, or you can make it yourself when you know it's got no preservatives. Right. Yeah. And it's all about, you know, trying to I eliminate agree. some of the preservatives as well. So I would advise that he maybe, you know, takes a look at adding something like that into his maybe snacks. Maybe I buy some of your cookies. Let's talk about those cookies. Oh, man. Those we things are magic. We had one on the way here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I eat most of it. So um, it's it's the cookie that saves me. And I've had a lot of my clients and a lot of my girls at the studio say, oh, my God, I feel so much better. What happened was um, I noticed that our women were really too busy. Like you were saying, like, what do you do when you're busy in the morning? And they come hungry to class. And although they're hardworking and tough girls, the bottom line is the, the body will run out of um, nutrition in the middle of the workout and they'll just crash. And afterwards, recovering is very hard and they'll find themselves very fatigued. After a workout, you should feel rejuvenated, not crashed out to where you have to go to bed. That means one of two things. 
you didn't prepare the body for exercise properly with eating uh, the right foods, and also you overdid it in your exercise. Uh, you should feel rejuvenated, um, feel successful, and feel like you did something good for your body. So I created a cookie because I noticed my girls were too busy to eat, and they weren't taking care of themselves. So I created this kind of power bar, really orally did, uh, my manager, my partner. She's really incredible. She does She's wonderful. I love amazing. coming in there, and she's so talented, you know, and she, every time we go over ideas and she really helps all of my ideas come to life. And I started talking to her about the girls and what they can grab on the go and can we really come up with a power bar? The Why girls can't meaning we? the ladies that work out with you. Yes, the ladies in the studio. And, um, I said to her, you know, is there anything we can do? And so we started to examine different power bars and she actually came up with the recipe. Um, that created our studio, Ina Cookie. And I, and the, we did consider that we shouldn't make it a cookie because girls are afraid of cookies. And I thought, well, no, it's good for them to love cookies again. And yes, <laughs> we're going to put in. Milk. Yeah. Love, that's my favorite. There's my... nothing wrong with it. And then mm. I thought, let's put a piece of chocolate in there so the girls are happy because we do need chocolate and dark chocolate has its benefits. Oh, yeah. We're talking about that in a workout the other day. You yeah. said throw in some dark Absolutely. Chocolate. You know, so we really put in quality ingredients and we came up with a perfect product where everyone who eats it says, my God, it's the only thing that keeps me full. Well, it's because of the amount of whole grains and fiber we put on it. And um, really the protein amounts, uh, there's about 14 grams of protein in that cookie, so it restores all the muscle mass that you use during exercise so that you're benefiting after the workout. You're not working out and breaking down the body. You're recovering it immediately because the first 30 minutes after exercise, it's really crucial to get nutrition into the body because it's starting to regenerate. So within the first 30 minutes, you should eat something. Absolutely. That's very good for me to know because when I take a minutes. class, I'm actually not hungry right away. No, but you have no, to I'm, get I'm in going something. To, I'm going to uh, do that. So we, you know, we grab the cookie on the go and our girls are usually always on the go. They're busy. And, um, even the people coming at night who work all day, they're exhausted and they have the cookie before the workout. And really what it does it's, is it, it binds gets them through. Then. It gets them through. It gives them instant energy and it's all healthy ingredients, you know, very healthy ingredients. It's actually a very, um, time uh, consuming <laughs> baking process. Okay, and you can pick those cookies up in your studio. Oh, a fresh bowl every day. Okay, so if you're out in the five towns and even if you're not coming into work out, you mm-hmm. can stop in and buy the cookie. Oh, they buy them for their husbands to so because they say our husbands don't eat all day at work and then they, uh, they eat the cookie and <laughs> I'm very I'm very, right. I'm a good wife. I send my husband off to lunch. Well, you don't want to have that job for everyone's husbands every, right? every day, no. Just <laughs> my husband. Um he gets a, a lunch. It's either a salad or a sandwich. Lucky man. And four snacks. Beautiful. The fruits, cut up fruit, right. maybe bag of popcorn Great. with the fruit. Um, They're hungry. When people are hungry, hungry. feed yeah. them. Yeah. That means he needs to be eating more. You shouldn't have to catch up late at night anymore unless you've just worked out, you know. But the people who are exercising at night have the cookie before and then go home and have a dinner. It's okay to eat at night. Do you hear me out there, world? It's okay to eat at night. Your body uses over a thousand calories at rest. Your organs are still working and they're burning calories while you're sleeping, recovering you. If there's no food in your belly, it's going to be really hard for the body to do that recovery process and to function you know we're still alive while we're sleeping right so people need to think about that when they go home and they skip meals and they think they're getting ahead of the game they're not they're just changing their metabolism and we pass some of this crazy ideas off onto the children and kids end up with bad body images as well so we have to be mindful i've got a house of four daughters very i don't have a scale in my house i will not have a scale i'm with you because nothing worse than it doesn't measure anything girls weighing themselves every time they eat a meal. 
Yeah. I, I think that is just, you know. They'll also drive you crazy when they do that. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I girls have got enough. Right. Issues. I have three teenage daughters at once. It's, it's hard it's, to be a girl. It's not easy to be a woman. Yeah. So, so, you know, I just, it, that's one thing that I can, you know, give advice to in terms of diet and self-image and all that. Yeah. Know, no scale in my house. Absolutely. And, you know, I've always kind of related the scale to even the cooking scale. When you, when you weigh ingredients, it's not the number on the scale that tells you what's in the food. It can't measure the nutrition in the product you're weighing. Right. So your scale can't really measure what you are inside. It's not giving you an accurate read of, of anything unless we did some sort of body fat test and put you in water and suspended you and really measured bone density and all that. Oh, so get rid of your scales, too. That's my best recommendation. Just be healthy inside Right. Don't read mentally. the magazines. Don't look at the nonsense on TV. Uh, think about food as refueling your body and preparing it for its you know daily life. It's yeah. difficult. Yeah, it definitely is. Eni, you've got some great stuff coming up. Um, you've got an amazing event that you're running. So let's give that oh, a couple of minutes. Thank you. Uh, you're so sweet to let us uh, talk about that. I'm very excited about it. Um, when I built the studio, uh, we, it really came about because we had a lovely group of women who were very supportive around um, my teaching and I was really felt very personal about taking care of them. And I decided that as the bond grew and as the group of women grew, that we should do things together because we're a very charitable community. And the women who come to our studio are really lovely people who inspire us every day. And we get to know them in their lives. And they're always so involved in chesed projects and tzedakah. And so are their children. So I figured since we are a community of people and we get together all the time, that we should probably do things together back for the, and give back to the community. And um, <clears throat> I went through Amuna and I did a tour uh, for my son's bar mitzvah a few years ago. Okay. I was going to say Mazel Tov, but it's Thank you. Years four ago. years ago. Four years ago. It's never and, too late uh, to say Mazel Tov. It was uh, really inspiring. Amuna did an amazing job taking care of our family. Okay. And what is Amuna for the listeners out there who I grew up, my mother was the president of the Sydney Australia chapter of Amuna mm-hmm. for many years. And I think she's still working on an event now. It slipped my head what she's working on uh, currently. Still involved, which is great. Um, but um, what is Amuna and what do they do for the children? In you know, if I had to say what Amuna is now, it would be so different than what Amuna was when they started. Like, for instance, Achuzitzara, which is a children's home, one of the children's homes of Amuna, uh, they used to have children after the Holocaust that they would take over. They would take refuge okay. in Achuzitzara. So it started as one, and now it's, you know, taking care of children who are high risk and have been either uh, removed from their homes or, yes. In, in, in Israel. In Israel. All in Israel. All in B'nai Brak, this is a Chosetzara. And Emuna has a lot of children's homes. They also have a women's college. They really do amazing things. They've recently opened up a cafeteria for seniors uh, so that they should have someone to eat with. And really, an, they have amazing projects out there. And I'm I've, getting goosebumps. <laughs> it's so worthwhile um, going on their website and learning about them. They certainly provide a lot of opportunities for teen girls and boys to travel through their programs and benefit from working with the children. So we got involved with Chuzetzara when we took our son to uh, B'nai Brak there and to see the children's home. And we were so inspired by Shmuel Ron, the director there, and the work he was doing with the children. And uh, they really take the child and they create these little nurturing family systems for them in the home. They see them through all the way through the education process, through college, getting them a job. They often... Um, wind up seeing the child get married and have their own family and return back and work for them in that home. It's really an amazing, inspiring facility. And I decided back then when I went that I was going to absolutely return the favor and help support them. And I came back and I said to the girls, what do you think? Why don't we do a fundraiser? And of course, because they're so generous and they're so fantastic, they jump right behind it. And our first fundraiser 
um, really d- did a remarkable job raising and building a gym that I built in my mother's memory in that uh, children's home. In in B'nai Brach. In B'nai Brach, no, because it's Sara. And the children now have another outlet and a healthy perspective on what to do with themselves. And so this you're time, taking your philosophy and you're helping the kids absolutely. in Israel with this through Amona. That's fantastic. So when is the fundraiser? The fundraiser is next Saturday night, October 12th. Okay. What are we going to be doing? Well, we're going to be doing a series of fitness classes. Woohoo! After Shabbos. That oh, is yeah. Great. That's know. exactly right. And this is the time, like you said, your skirt is too tight on you. You're looking for it's, something to it's do. It's always tight after Shabbos. <laughs> Good. dips on my poison. And that's absolutely worthwhile. Shabbos is the best cooking. So Saturday night, we're going to get together at Hafter. Hafter has really generously donated their new complex, their Fantastic. new gym. Oh, wow. That's at 33 Washington Avenue. Washington the, Avenue. The one in uh, Lawrence, New York. And yes. if you're coming from Teaneck, you've got plenty of time to get there. My sister-in-law's coming from there, and she's going to be uh, coming for the event. Absolutely. And we're holding a, um, a series of fitness classes. We have yoga uh, in a separate Zen room that we've created and my signature kickboxing class and uh, spin. We're taking our bikes and we're moving them into the oh, gym. Cool. We have really cool club lighting and the jumbo screen. And actually, Shmuel Ron, the director of Chazitzara, is flying in. <gasps> to speak because you know he's so grateful to everyone this is our second fundraiser he's so inspired and he wants to bring it back to the children and kind of tell them about it and he's coming to speak and the men we got the men involved so you could bring your husband your husbands can come too yes because separate 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 classes the men are in the other gym and they're doing of course they're doing their boot camp they're going to be with our coaches, our strength and conditioning coaches, Dave and Nicholas, are going to be doing um, a boot camp for the men. And then the women will be partaking in a very large kickboxing class. It's for all levels, and all the proceeds go to and building. What, do you have an age limit? Like if you have Teens and up. Teens and up. So once you're 13, you can come with You know what? Again. If you're mature and you want to come with mom and you like to exercise, we really leave it open for everyone. Okay. So mom, would you, mom and dad will use their discretion. Right. And the people that don't love to exercise, we have a live sports memorabilia auction. Oh, that's very cool. So we got a little bit of everything. Cool science food? stuff. What's the food there? Um, sorry, it's going to be all power bars and power drinks. I think that's great. Because who wants Saturday to eat night? afterwards? It's a Matzah Shabbos. Absolutely. <laughs> We've had, we just finished Shalos Shit. It's not that long Absolutely. ago. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, that's a perfect way to end yeah. a Malava Malka with it's a really power fantastic. bar and a power drink. And if you love to work out, you have an opportunity to do something good, not just with your body, but with your soul. And, and if we can't make it because we live too far away, or we're in Israel, or we're listening from Australia, and we want to donate to this cause, where do we send a check to? You can or go on emuna.org, or you can go on studioina.com, and click on the Amuna event tab, and there's all the description on the history of the uh, children's home, and you can log on and register for the event, or just donate. donate. and do. But we have sponsorships where we put up plaque. We're looking to build outdoor playgrounds and courts and outdoor area for Beautiful. the children so they could benefit from what we benefit from. And that's really what I wanted. We enjoy fitness and getting together so much. Shouldn't we share it for them? It's something we would want for our children. Absolutely. And, and physical health will also help with some of the kids' mental health yes, issues absolutely. that they have and being, being placed in these homes. Social. Very, it's around. a very big social element wow. for them. Fantastic. It's it's just such an unbelievable event. I hope people will be able to go. So they register at studioena.com. Studio and Ina is spelled I-N-N-A. Um, so you can uh, reach out to Ina through their, through the website and make a donation. So thank you very much for you. joining us. I hope you stick oh around gosh. for a couple of months. Absolutely. Thank you for, for having me. More, yeah, it's, the pleasure is all mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our next guest. Just a couple of a couple of things before uh, we do that. I've got a little bit more food news I wanted to share. So the great food news is uh, my friend ZC Spivak, Chef ZC Spivak, is uh, a young mum and chef who does a lot of cooking classes, and she's fabulous. 
Um, she's going to be doing, in conjunction with Nefesh Benefesh, uh, a cooking class for young adults. I want to say young couples, 35 and under, but if you're not a couple, you can also come with some friends. Um, it's a knife skills class, something that we should all uh, have under our belts, even if we're not a professional chef, because there's nothing better than learning how to cut, chop, slice and dice with precision and quickly, and it's all about using the correct knives also. Um, so that's October 8th at 7.30 in Forest Hills. Uh, I think it's $18 for the class. Let me tell you, that is super cheap, and it's a donation to uh, Nefesh Benefesh. Um, so uh, you can contact them through the Nefesh Benefesh work, uh, Nefesh Benefesh website um, for ZC Spivak's cooking class. She's absolutely fabulous and very interesting and very talented. Um, also, Karen Orr, um, I'm going to be sharing more details uh, with you uh, in a couple of weeks about their amazing event that they're having November 16th at 9 p.m. They're going to be having um, a movie, bingo, wine, beer, appetizer, and dessert night um, as a fundraiser for their amazing um, uh, children's um, children with multi. Um, I don't know how to say it. Uh, they have like um, mul- they're blind and they have mul- multiple disabilities. That's the word I'm looking for. And they really take care of those children beautifully and they provide a beautiful home for them. So uh, this, that's another great cause. So we'll talk to them in a couple of weeks when they're closer to their event and we'll hear back directly from Karen Orr. Um, so I've got with me on the phone Amy Siegel. Amy, are you there? Yes, hello. Hi, hi, Amy. How are you doing? Good. Thank God. How are you doing today? Okay, great. Thank you for coming on on this Friday morning. Um, sure. So uh, Amy was a finalist in the Pillsbury, how, am I saying the Pillsbury Bake Off? Is that what they called it? Yes, that's correct. She was the first kosher finalist in the $1 million prize category, right? Did I get that right? Yes. Okay, what was your recipe? Well, I'll tell you. So I participated last year, and my recipe was... A brownie cupcake with peanut butter filling and a strawberry cream cheese frosting. And this year, I was a semi-finalist with jalapeno cheddar muffins mm. with a jalapeno jam filling. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we're drooling. So I guess the cupcake pan is good to me as far as Pillsbury goes. That's very cool. Now, is Pillsbury a kosher product? Well, Pillsbury does make some kosher products, like their brownie mix, um, which I used the first time I went, and... The flour, they also have uh, place and bake cookies, which are pre-sliced cookie dough. And they just came out with a line of gluten-free products that are kosher. They're in your refrigerator section. Oh, that's two, great. So yeah, and I have a daughter who eats gluten-free, so that right. was that was very nice to try. But the, for the most part, the dough in the blue tubes is not kosher. Uh-huh. In, in those can-looking things. Right. So I was a bit limited as far as um, the products I can use, which made it even more challenging. Well, you did great. How many Thanks. people entered that moved up to the next level like you, you yourself did? Well, supposedly they get tens of thousands of recipes, um, as this is a very big, iconic event. Yeah. In it was the on the States. Oprah show, I think, a yeah. couple of years ago. They had the final bake-off. Right, yes, that's right, and um, it's been around since 1948, and they have, and I I entered it for the first time when I was 16, and it took me until over 20 years till I actually made it in. Um, It's it's considered very competitive, as you mentioned, it's a $1 million prize, so, you know, it's a very desirable contest, and you get to travel, um, you know, wherever the contest is being held. Last year is in Orlando. This year it's in Las Vegas. So did you go? Did you get to go to any of these places? 
Yes, I went to Orlando last year, and Martha Stewart hosted, so I I was got to meet her, and it was very interesting. Is she nice? She seemed nice, and she actually she was born um, in the town that's right next to me, and I do my grocery shopping there. Oh, really? (laughs) That's cool. When she saw where I live, she's like, "Oh, that's interesting." Oh, I like neighbors. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Okay, and um, so this where is it this year? This year it's going to be held in Las Vegas in November. Are you, you're not going to be, are you traveling there? Um, unfortunately, um, this year, as I said, I was a semifinalist and they did voting, which is a little different. So they ah. opened it up to the public to narrow it down for each category from 60 to 33 people. And unfortunately, I did not make the cut. Um, I just found out yesterday. So there will be 100 people traveling to Las Vegas, myself not included. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. This, this recipe, I mean, I don't have the recipe in front of me. Are we sharing this recipe? Obviously, yes, you right? can go online to pillsbury.com and look up jalapeno cheddar muffins. Oh. And yeah. you will find the recipe. And it's very easy. This year's contest, it was a 30-minute or less recipe. So it does mix up really quickly. And, um, from it's, start it's to from finish? From, it's oh, right. It's, start, from, well, it mixes up in about 10 minutes, and you bake it for about 20. Okay. And it's from scratch, so it's, you know, pretty healthy. And it's just a nice change from toast or bagels to go with your eggs in the morning. Right. Ina, you know, I have with me in the studio uh, Ina Copel. She is a fitness guru and, and also um, very health conscious and talking about refueling. And she was talking, I was saying that I don't eat breakfast. And she's saying, no, 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 that's not good. So this would be a great breakfast, right? Oh, yeah. Right. I'm excited about these muffins. I'm going to look up the jalapeno <laughs> recipe. Right. So it's also good, like I, I've had it when I go, you know, to do carpal in the morning, you grab it and take along your coffee and it, it is true, and it's also important to plan ahead when you're cooking, and muffins are something great that you can bake ahead or little breakfast frittatas in muffin pans. And um, it, you're right. She is right. It is important, and it makes you feel so much better for the rest of the day. Hmm, I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. You know what I'm going to be doing. Oh, yeah. Well, Shabbos morning, I always have breakfast. I hate to say it's like a little Danish with a cup <laughs> of coffee. <laughs> I'm bad. The only morning I, the only okay. morning I do eat. Is Shabbos morning. I have uh, some cake or cheesecake. Um, okay, so um, let's talk about some of your other competitions because you're quite the expert at, um, you know, competitions, cooking comp- competitions, which are a very hot item right now is cooking competitions. So what have you what what have you done recently besides this one? Okay, so a few years ago I won uh, the grand prize in the Manischewitz Cook-Off, which a lot of people in the firm community know about. Nice, yes, we, featured, we spoke about that when I first started my show, Season 1. That was one of our first shows that we spoke about was uh, that they were having we were talking about the contest. So what did you win? Um, well, it's a grand total $25,000 worth of cash and prizes. I won a lot of furniture, uh, I'm sorry, appliances and general electric and cash and uh, Manischewitz products, of course. And bragging rights, of and course. And bragging rights, which is, you know, right. The best. And I won a very large prize, similar uh, size prize from Kraft Foods about 10 years ago for a cake that I just made up in my head and I entered it online as a lark. It was the first contest I really um, did in this, and then it started me off when I won, like, this 10-year um, sort of contesting spree I've been doing for the past 10 years. And um, there are so many contests available now online, and as you mentioned, it's very hot. Like, there are a lot of right. all sorts of TV shows, these reality Sh- shows, with right, cooking chopped. contests, right, <laughs> Chopped, and there's even some new one with Alton Brown. 
Right. Um, and there's so, a kid's one. There's even a kid's yes, one. Yes, there's a kid's child. And my daughter, she threw her hat in the ring, and she was able to meet the President of the United States and the First Lady this summer with a contest sponsored by Epicurious.com. It's, um, the First Lady has been doing it a couple That's of years. That's you? I heard about that. I heard yes, it was a that from was kid that won, and I was that trying was to find out about that kid. I want your kid next week on the show. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure she'd be happy to do it. That's ter- terrific. I'm, like, bursting with joy because I teach yeah. kids cooking. Uh, every summer in camp. So I, I like thrilled to hear when kids cook. So she actually, I started finding recipes on pieces of paper all around the house and she, you know, just got into this. She's a very creative child. And um, she, I guess, you know, they say what children see, they, they do. And she sees that I'm big into experimenting and reading cookbooks and, and magazines. And she sort of has followed in my footsteps, and I hope she'll take over the family tradition. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, my kids don't love to cook. Some love more than others. They all can cook. They all know the basics and the fundamentals of cooking. Um, but I can't say they're creating their own recipes. Um, that's really absolutely fantastic. Wow. I want, we've got to talk to her in a couple of weeks, okay? Okay, great. About, uh, about uh, her experiences of meeting the First Lady in this whole – I heard there was a From Kids, so I think that's really brilliant. That's really neat. Yeah, right? Okay, so um, you were, we were talking before you had thrown that out that someone is gluten-free because you've got this great blog. Right. So my blog is um, theglutenfreemaven.com, and I talk about the challenges. I not only have a gluten-free child, I have a child with multiple food allergies. Mm, so no dinner difficult. is free of gluten, dairy, eggs, you know, nuts, sesame. We have a lot of things to deal with wow, in that do. regard. And so it, it does make you more creative because you have to take your traditional family recipes and revamp them. And so on my website, I do have some, you know, new recipes that work around these issues. Plus I review books, a lot of books by people who have dealt with similar issues. And I talk about emotional issues because these children come home you know, I couldn't have what we had for the birthday party at school or we can't eat out like we used to and that sort of thing. And um, with the holidays, also, you can't just, you know, you have to plan ahead when you have, there's a kiddish or when you go to someone's house yes. so that the kids, Hi. the children feel included and not deprived and also are safe and don't have reactions to safe. what they eat. right. It's safe. That's the biggest word, right? Right. You've got to keep them safe. Right, and it's interesting also that at a young age they start reading food labels. So I think they're a step ahead as adults when it comes to nutrition. They know to read the food labels and understand what's going into their bodies. Right, I think that's good for everyone to know, to read food labels. I teach my kids that. High protein, you know, should have high protein foods. Correct me where I'm wrong. Um, I I usually say if you don't understand the ingredients, you probably should put it down. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying not. I've actually moved away from diet soda. I Mm -hmm. I switched when I was 29 and I stopped drinking the whole milk and I Mm -hmm. went to skim milk. I just stopped drinking regular soda and went to Mm -hmm. diet soda. Mm -hmm. And now I've actually started drinking seltzers. I don't love water. So I um, started drinking Pellegrino, pick up a Mm -hmm. case at um, Costco and I'm drinking that instead of um, Mm -hmm. diet Cokes because I can't, those. I can't even say it, phalenta, neuro, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It starts with a P and an H or whatever. Phenochlorate. There you go. So so I uh, I stopped drinking soda and I'm drinking seltzer because I just, you know, was get, I was getting too many headaches. And since I stopped drinking all that soda, I'm doing much better with the headaches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, you've got to be able to read your labels. And I tell mm-hmm. my kids that too. Okay, so um, any other competitions coming up? 
Well, what are we working on? So, um, actually, I have to get back into it after the holidays. Yeah, there, hear that. Uh, you know, I have to cruise around the web and see what's out there. There was a, just a big West sandwich composi- competition from Mazetta, also 25000 So you see there definitely is money the to be had up there. From Mazetta, it's a company they make... Um, like pickled, all sorts of pickled products. It's interesting. And so, um, yeah, you know, I, I try to always be creative and come up with new things and adapt them to whatever the competition at hand is. So we'll have see you, what's out there. Have you thought about put, putting together, I know there's a million out there, and they're just going to keep on coming, but have you thought about putting a cookbook together with all the recipes that you've competed in? Yes, yeah, so I have, and I do try to work on it when I have time. The only thing is, for example, like with Pillsbury, you cannot be a professional. So if so you I are, couldn't do it because okay, I'm a right, personal so, chef. I make money off. Right. Food. So anyone who's a professional, a lot of these competitions you can't participate right, in. Right, like Manischewitz. I know I, I wasn't allowed to do that. Right. So um, I think after 10 years, I think I might step back a little and see what I can do professionally. I'd also be interested in opening a gluten-free vegan bakery because my kids dream is just to be able to like go into a regular bakery and buy something. It sounds like someone who's become kosher after not being kosher. You know, <laughs> you went from being able to eat whatever you want to being limited. Right. So this is what's happened to your kids. Right. So I, I you know I'm thinking about what my next step is, so we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Well we love to hear back from you and you keep us updated and what you you know, keep let me and the, my listeners know what we should be doing to keep you uh, winning all your prizes, more voting. I wish I had known sooner about you. No. <laughs> it was very oh, well. late. Uh, my, my friend, Esty Berkowitz, uh, Primetime par- Parenting uh, blog, she let me know about you, but the voting had already stopped um, right. before I could shout you from the rooftops and getting all the listeners that are on the Nachum Siegel Network to vote for you. Um, but we're going to, you know, you let us know what we can do to keep you at number one. I appreciate it. It was really great speaking with you. All right. Thank you so much. Have a good Shabbos. You too. Good Shabbos. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye. That was Amy Siegel. She was a semi-finalist in the Pillsbury Bake Off. She was uh, from thousands, tens of thousands of recipes chosen uh, as the last uh, down to the last 60, but she did not make it, unfortunately, onto the next category. Um, but she sounds like an incredible, exciting, com- competitive cook <laughs> which is really fun I, I don't like competitive cooking you know somebody asked me if I would do like a um what do you call it um iron chef with them and I'm like nah I don't like to compete with someone else mm-hmm. uh, you know it's all about fun I don't like it when it gets too too uh, too much pressure you know cook for me cooking is not about pressure it's just doing it a really good job really well with your passion not about showing off for anyone else you want to show off just for yourself maybe for your husband and your kids try to make a good dinner speaking about good dinners my segment, What's for Dinner This Week, was a knockout. I got at um, Costco uh, peeled and uh, cubed butternut squash, okay, because it's the fall, apparently, even though we've had, like, summer weather this whole week. Um, and so I got – it's under the star K, so it had a great hersha. I put it on a cookie sheet. I roasted it with some curry – sorry, not curry, cumin, salt, and olive oil, okay. I roasted it on a cookie sheet lined with parchment paper, 450 degrees till it like um when soft and caramelized a little bit that means it got a little golden brown by the sugars and the natural sugars and the vegetable coming out and when that cooled I threw in half a log of goat cheese okay uh, Ina's eyes are lighting up I'm starving <laughs> <Goat cheese. laughs> over here talking about food for I know a while. we can stop and get some food on the way home <laughs> um, and then I took some balsamic vinegar and honey 
mix it together, reduce it down a little bit. The house stunk a little bit of balsamic vinegar for a few hours. And then I poured that over the um, uh, goat cheese and uh, butternut squash. It was. And then I threw in spiced almonds, uh, spiced pecans. I, I found this thing of um, spiced pecans um, in, uh, in the supermarket a few weeks ago. I threw that in on top. My kids basically and husband licked the bowl clean. There was not enough of it. I also made a tuna quiche to go with that. They went nuts. So that was really easy. I, I you know, that was the recipe. I'm going to try to write it out because I kind of made it up on the spot. So I tried to writing it out. So I'll try to get that on my blog, uh, theaussiegourmet.com, um, to share that with everyone. But if you like butternut squash and now is the season, it mm. tastes absolutely fantastic. That is something, um, you should definitely, uh, think about making. And it was really quick and easy. So, uh, you know, on a school night, you want something quick and easy. That was a, a really great one. Uh, we had some, uh, great cookbooks come out or have come out and that are coming out. So I used a couple of recipes from One Egg is a Fortune. I'm not sure if I mentioned it in the last few weeks. Um, it's actually an Australian cookbook. You can buy it on their website, oneeggisafortune.com. Um, they had some absolutely incredible recipes. It's a collection of recipes from famous Jews all over the world, like Ethan Zone, who was the winner of Survivor Africa. He has a recipe in there. Alan Dershowitz has a recipe in there. Um, Rabbi Shmuley Patech has a recipe in there. Like just the history of the, you know, the person who wrote the recipe, is the author of the recipe, their bio and how it came into their family. And they're really very traditional uh, recipes with like kind of like a spin on it. Like they had, um, Topple had a recipe. I was reading it had, um, they, he called it fish timbales. Um, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong because it's probably French. And as I look close and I'm reading the recipe, it was gefilte fish. <laughs> They're trying to make it sound French with a creamy grain sauce. Like, yeah, this is gefilte fish, you know. So, you know, it was just, but it was it had a nice little twist. Everything was fresh. It wasn't those logs. Uh, they had seared duck breasts with an orange marmalade sauce. So easy to make. If you can't get duck breasts in your neighborhood, you could make it with chicken. It was outstanding. So it was a really great cookbook. Um, Esty Caffra's got one coming out soon. Um, so she's one of my favorite authors, cookbook authors. Jamie Geller has got a great one. She sent me a sample of uh, her new cookbook coming out. We're going to talk to her in a couple of weeks. And Leia Shapira, uh, she has another great cookbook coming out. So she uh, will talk to us also in a couple of weeks. They've all been guests in the past, and we look forward to hearing about great things that they are coming up with. It's been a very, very busy show. We have really learned a lot from our guests today. And um, Ina Coppell, thank you very much. Thank if, you. If you've got a bake sale or a community event that is coming up, please, please share it with me. I'd love to, you know, shout it from the rooftops. Um, you know, I'm all about all the food all the time, even if someone else is doing the cooking or the or the baking or the teaching. You know, we're all about sharing the kosher food and the love of kosher food. Don't forget, uh, if you, October 8th, uh, ZC Spivak has got her uh, cooking class at 7.30 in Forest Hills. You can uh, sign up under the Nefesh for Nefesh website. Um, so that's coming up soon. And Karen Orr is November 16th. And, of course, we have Ina's Amuna event coming up in also two weeks. Yes, next Saturday night. Next Saturday night, uh, October 12th. 12th. 8.30 p.m. We're going to be there. What should people be wearing? Sneakers and workout uh, gear. Even if they don't plan to exercise, just be comfortable Throw on a pair of sneakers and come watch and come learn and really come listen to um, the director of Achuzitzara talk about the children and what they do there and share in something wonderful, something very unique, uh, doing fundraising 
using our body, but to better our souls. Fantastic. So bring your sneakers and bring your checkbook, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. It's been a great show. We look forward to another season. Congratulations to Nachum Siegel and the amazing team that we have here on the Nachum Siegel Network and to Miriam Wallach, Miriam L. Wallach, for putting together an amazing, amazing lineup for season two. Um, I want to wish everybody a good Shabbos. We've got music all the way up to Lichbenching, brought to you by our dear friends at Kerem, who bring us great wine and now great music right up until Lichbenching. Shabbat Shalom, everybody.